Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. All right, Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. And today I have an outstanding guest that will be able to talk more about the industry side and the things that he's done to improve healthcare in the business. His name is Thomas Riesgaard Hansen. He's an entrepreneur, investor, advisor, blogger, and a speaker with a passion for healthcare. He's also the CEO of Kite Invent, where he works with improving healthcare through innovation by helping startups through strategic consulting, inspiration, and next steps to break into the healthcare industry to help impact 1 billion lives and beyond. Thomas, we had an opportunity to meet at the Exponential Medicine meeting, and I know that there's more to that introduction. I want to just open up the mic to you so you could fill in any of the gaps that I may have missed. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm really glad to be on the, the show. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to speak about healthcare innovation, something that is really close to my heart. And uh, if I'll be able to achieve starting a, a healthcare company that get one billion or improves the life of one billion people or at least help another company to do it. It'll be my ultimate goal for this one here. So my first adventure into healthcare started 15 years ago. Actually, I thought I should never work with healthcare when I was back at the at university studying. I thought that healthcare was boring. It was about sick people. <laughs> it was something like saying, hey, I want to do something much more fun uh, than, than working with the with unhealthy people uh, or people that are sick. But by coincidence, there was an, an opportunity to work with the hospitals and then another opportunity came along and suddenly I've spent, I've spent the last 15 years working with healthcare. First in academia, uh, where I've, I've, I've done a PhD within healthcare and technology. Then uh, some of the work at the university turned out to actually be a success at some of the collaborating hospitals. So we, we founded a company 10 years ago. We were able to grow, internationalize the company, and finally we sold it to a public traded Swedish company called Getting a Group two years ago. And now I'm back to actually helping start the next adventure or or help other people achieve some of the same results that we, we achieved. That's wonderful, Thomas. And, and you know, you're based in Denmark, right? I'm based in Denmark, yeah. Wonderful. You started the, the company out of Denmark and then all of a sudden expanded internationally and then were acquired by a Swedish company, McKay, right? Yeah, we, we were acquired. Actually, McKay is a German company, but it's oh. owned by Getting, that is a Swedish. Got it. Got it. So that's uh, one of the companies that they own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Owns. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Interesting. Well, congratulations on that adventure and sort of the meandering road that it's taking you on. And so it sounded like you got into healthcare as, as an aside. It wasn't something that was planned, but through your love of just making things more efficient and information technologies, you found yourself in the realm. Yeah, and I still have a little bit of a love-hate relationship to healthcare. I really <laughs> see all, all the possibilities for actually doing or making a difference within the area. But at the same time, it's also, just to quote your president, really complicated, both, <laughs> both when it comes to developing the right solution, but also to, to sell it uh, to hospitals and, and healthcare providers. 
Sure. Yeah, it's definitely it could be challenging and also rewarding. So I definitely get the sure. the love hate relationship, but nevertheless a, a must, right? And that's why we really uh, wanted to have this show, Thomas, is because the leaders like yourself that have decided to take a step forward to tackle the big problems in healthcare globally are really in need of, of that center of inspiration, center of idea sharing. And um, that's why we wanted to do this. So appreciate you stepping up to the plate for this conversation today. What would you say, Thomas, is a hot topic that you feel should be on every medical leader's agenda today? And how is Kite and your organization approaching it? So I think the real, real answer lies in the details, but I think that this move, that healthcare is moving out of the hospitals is going to be the big challenge for all healthcare providers and also suppliers within the next five to 10 years. And I think it's, it's driven by a number of, of different uh, innovation or technology innovation. And I think mm-hmm. it's mainly driven about this, that they, everything is going to or becoming software. So, Five years ago, we saw expensive medical devices that were only available in hospitals. Now you can get apps with the accessories and sensors where you can actually do it on your mobile phone. And this kind of, of move where in the past everything was centralized in the hospitals, the expertise, the doctor's expertise, now the doctor's expertise might at least partly be substituted by, by algorithms and, uh, and AI or at least other people can step in and use these decision tools to actually deliver healthcare outside of the hospitals. And the same trend you can see with medical devices, that when they're getting smaller, they also move out of the hospitals. And I think it creates a a huge opportunity for the industry, but also a challenge, especially for the existing players that have been used to everything being centralized around the hospital. So... I think this is kind of like where I see the big shift in healthcare at the moment. Thomas, I can imagine that some of the hospital uh, CEOs and CFOs, as they listen to this episode, probably got a chill in their spines because this is definitely a, a topic that has been coming up. And what are we doing to stay relevant when healthcare is moving out of the hospitals? Is there an example that you can discuss of how this has happened in a disruptive way? Do you have something top of mind that this has happened? I think some of the interesting example is, for instance, what you can see with the ultrasound devices at the moment. Okay. So uh, you see more and more of riders like Philips and others that develops, uh, develop uh, mobile apps where you connect the ultrasound transducer to your mobile device and suddenly you, you start having an ultrasound device that you can take out to the patient, to the clinics and, and other places. And not just only are they moving the device from a big device on, onto your mobile phone, they're also changing the business model. So instead of buying the equipment, then you subscribe as a software, as a service. So I think this is at least one example, if you look at it from the technology perspective, that technology is starting to move this in this direction. I think we are also starting to see it slowly with some of the health apps on, on your mobile phone. The first generation is already there. You can have to do your health kit on, on the iPhone. But we are starting slowly to see the next generation of healthcare app coming to a mobile phone. These healthcare apps are FDA approved. So they are not just out in the wild and you are starting to get more and more advanced uh, 
healthcare information within this area. Some really great examples, uh, Thomas. And, you know, this, this reminds me of, a, I was at a meeting a couple of weeks ago and the CEO of the hospital for Providence, he made some remarks about some of the moves that they're making as a system to adopt this big change that you suggest. And they, they've been hiring people, they're over there in the West Coast. So right where the headquarters of uh, Amazon is. So they've been hiring out the Amazon software programmers and, and just all the people from the, the talent from Amazon to help them integrate some of these things into their system. And, but not everybody is doing this. And I think that you bring up a wonderful point with some truly uh, poignant examples. So I, I appreciate you, you sharing those with us. Is your team and the people that you're guiding at Kite, is this the target area for them? Yeah, I think, think they're slowly moving there. Right now, it's, there's a lot of people focusing on, on telemedicine and telehealthcare as kind of like the first step in that direction that you're slowly starting to move in that direction. But I think we need to, to do more, or at least uh, that was what we are trying to do, do uh, with my company to actually help them think a bit more boldly about these new opportunities. Of course, a topic that always come up is timing because a lot of this technology, there's a lot of hype around it. Some of the stuff is not really solving a real problem, but is kind of like just fancy technology. So when you look at these new trends in technology, I think it's really important to have a critical thinking and just buying into the trends because they're new or have, have novelty. But going back to analyzing the technology, finding out what is the real problem for the patient that this technology is, is trying to solve. And do you actually think that it's, it's the right approach to solve this problem using this technology? So I think timing is probably the most important uh, part in this discussion, not moving into the space uh, too early, but also making sure that you're not too late because then some of your competitors will have, have actually conquered the market. Sure. Yeah, it's that whole idea of the early movers get arrows in their back and the late movers get left behind, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's a great point, Thomas. So can you give Outcomes Rocket listeners an example of how you and your organization have created results by thinking and doing things differently? Yeah, I think one of the, the best examples is actually when we, we started our first company, Citria. Back then, we were out actually following doctors and nurses around and looking at how they implemented IT technology. That was back in 2006. What we noticed was that uh, we saw computers all over the place. And when we looked at the computers, it was exactly the same kind of computers that we have in, in our offices. So it was a computer with a mouse, a keyboard. It was something like that you start the computer and then you had to wait for two or three minutes until whatever system have boot up and locked in and stuff like that. And this technology was really suited for office use. But when we actually analyzed the workflow in hospitals, we saw that the people were mobile, they were moving around, they were wearing gloves, they were collaborating, and they were, they were distributed, uh, working in distributed groups. So all these workflows uh, match really, really poorly to a traditional desktop computer. So when we started out our project, we mm. had a code name called Throw Away the Keyboard. Nice. So the idea was actually to see, can we use new technology to actually interact with computers in hospitals that were better suited to workflow in hospitals. So back then, also that was before the iPhone, we looked into how to use mobile technology, touchscreens, uh, voice recognition, and other interactive techniques for actually 
making the interaction with technology in hospitals better suited to the workflow in hospitals. And I think, think that was some really innovative uh, solutions we made back then. Thomas, what I really enjoy about the strategy that you guys used at that company is going to the basics, walking around with the clinicians, listening to what they need, and not trying to make a one-size-fits-all, this desktop is not exactly what's fitting for a mobile place of healthcare. And so through the activities that you did there and the collaboration with clinicians, which I think is, is so key, I find many times uh, companies innovate in a silo and they think they're creating the best thing ever. And when they put it out there, they find how impractical it is. What you guys did, which is obviously a reason why you got acquired, you guys had success and, and it was applicable. It takes us back to the basics. And just a reminder for the leaders on the industry side that we've got to listen to our customers. We've got to listen to them. We've got to get into their ecosystems to truly understand what it is that they need and innovate from there. I think an important point we have learned is you cannot design a solution in the lab. You cannot design a solution by asking the clinicians to come up with a solution. You cannot ask the doctor what is the best solution to solve your problem. It's like asking you and me to come up with the best uh, iPhone 8 or something like that. We are not right. the best designers. So what you really want to do in this collaboration is go out there, understand the problem, actually take a design approach to it, come up with an innovative design solution, go back again, get the feedback from the users and collaborate with them in that manner. I think that is, is crucial to creating a successful application for, for the healthcare sector. Some great advice. And so maybe we can take a tour through some of your experiences in healthcare, Thomas, and chat about some things. Can you... Uh, share with Outcomes Rocket listeners a time when you made a mistake or failed. Take us to that moment. So I think one of the hard lessons we learned is how difficult it is to go internationally. Of course, in, in the US, you are more privileged because you have a bigger bigger market, but you have your own challenges. In, mm. in Denmark, you have a relatively small market, so we are forced to go international really soon. And coming in and selling healthcare to another country was a really hard challenge for us. I think one of the lessons from that experience was that sometimes when you create a product, you can come up with a good business case for it. You think that your product can sell itself. So you can come up with a business case that you can actually save money with the solution. What you fail to realize as, a, as an entrepreneur is that actually exist a thousand different ways that hospitals can optimize and save money, but the hospital management typically only have resources to maybe pursue five or 10 of these projects. So even though you have a good business case, you have a good product, it can be really, really hard to actually sell the product if you are not amongst the, the top 10 or top 20 prioritized projects. And I think this lesson and the required skills to actually move your product to the top of this priority queue is one of the, the hard lessons we learned from selling to customers we, we did not know in, in advance and, and they, were, they were positioned abroad. Thomas, that's such a great lesson. And so now that you know this, what would you do differently? So I think, again, it's one of the challenges where there's no easy solutions, I think. I think the most important part is that in order to get your product to the top of the priority list, you need to sit next to your customers all the time. You need to find an excuse to come to the hospital, if not every day, then at least every week or every month, 
So if you can start a project with the hospital, research project, whatever collaboration project, where you can actually meet the key decision makers on a weekly, monthly basis. So you have this connection in to the management at the hospitals and can find ways to move your product up in, in the priority to queue. This is probably the best advice to tackle this problem. That's outstanding advice. And so if you're listening to the show, whether you be in the States or somewhere in Europe with Thomas or, or even in Latin America or, or Asia, just keep that in mind as you build the company and look to expand. Just because a company has success and has resonated with the business case in your country doesn't mean it's going to work outside of it. So being mindful about the potential headwinds that you can have with regard to adoption is going to be super key. And Thomas has provided some really wise words here that you want to make your product be at the top of the priority list. Even though you could save the hospital money, there's 20,000 other things that could save them money. They have the bandwidth to take care of four, five. So how can you stay around, make an excuse to be around, get a project going with them so that you could knock on that door consistently and they're constantly looking at you out of sight, out of mind. And so stay in sight and in mind and make that top five. That's years of experience boiled down to a couple sentences from Thomas. So hopefully some of you guys and gals listening to this will take it and run with it and uh, take your company international. Thomas, you've had your challenges, but you've also had your successes. What would you say your, your proudest medical leadership experience that you've had to date is? So if you can pick two, I think, first of all, just creating a healthcare solution and seeing it being used in real day life by clinicians to improve the workflows and make it different for patients. It's a huge achievement and experience to actually see that you can envision something and not just have it, having in research paper or in your head or something like that, but you can actually make it into a solution that makes a difference for healthcare providers and, and clinicians. I think That's huge, this is right? so many ideas die in the lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and just going out there and making a difference is it's definitely the biggest achievement. From a business perspective, in 2011, we got to the top 100 global in the Red Hearing Award. So Red Hearing is a, an award that is, is giving to innovative companies around the world. We've huh. been selected as one of the top 100 companies that are most innovative, not in healthcare, but in, in all industry globally in, in 2011, was also one of the achievements or a big achievement saying, hey, we are actually creating something that the other people find really innovative and novel. Wow. Congratulations on that. I wasn't aware of that. You're always surprising me with new things. <laughs> That's outstanding. And one of the things that Thomas, he's uh, just having known him here for the last two years, he's a very humble guy. He'll always surprise you with something new that, that you didn't know about him. And, uh, and so I didn't know about this award. Congratulations to you and your company for that. Thomas, can you tell us a little bit more about an existing project or focus that you're working on today that you're excited about? Yeah, so I think the big challenge, I'll come back to, to that in a bit, is when we look at healthcare, we can do a, a lot of stuff to improve the workflow in hospitals and the way, way we, we, we treat patients. But preventing people from, from getting into the hospitals is where the really, really big business case is. So if we can improve the way we, we prevent people from getting sick, improving health, health in, in general, it's a much better business case than actually treating people 
when they get sick. It's kind of like maintaining your car versus actually waiting until it's, it's broken down and, and we're paying the mechanics for fixing it. So this is one of the huge challenges that, that we are working on. And the other, other thing I'm working on is, is actually using this entrepreneurial approach to help a larger company and healthcare organization tackle some of these uh, new opportunities that come with, with, the, with innovation within technologies. So I'm really interested in how we can, within larger organization, that we can use this uh, entrepreneurial approach to tackle some of these uh, new uh, trends and technologies. It's a great focus, Thomas. And what would you say one thing that you guys are doing to tackle that area of preventing those hospital admissions, keeping the patients healthy? What's one thing you guys are doing in that arena? I think the biggest challenge is it's, it's so complicated. On the surface, it's easy. It's you regular exercise, you eat healthy, you don't smoke and keep your weight down. Then you're, you're reducing your probability of a, a chronic disease by 78%. So just these four advice is, has a huge impact. But in practice, it's so difficult, especially for a lot of people to actually adhere to these four devices. And that's because life is complicated. We do have a lot of other challenges. And of course, if I'm not stressed at work, if I'm not busy, if I, I'm not uh, caring for smaller kids or in financial trouble or, or all these other things that take uh, our attention and time, then of course I'll be able to take care of my health. But in reality, um, most people are, are stuck uh, with these other challenges and issues. So finding a good way to actually address healthcare in the setting of, of all the other things that takes uh, our attention away, I think it's, it's one of the grand challenges we're working on. And unfortunately, at the moment, we do not have the perfect solution, but I'll let you know when we have cracked the, the challenge. <laughs> no, that's great, Thomas. And I think that's a worthwhile focus of, of having these basics, but the basics that could be so complicated addressed to help prevent people from coming in in the first place. It's the behaviors. Hmm. And how do we change patient behaviors, people behaviors to prevent them from getting diabetes or prevent them from coming into the hospital? It's an interesting uh, idea. And if you're listening to the show and this is on the top of your mind as well, I would encourage you to reach out to Thomas as they work to solve this problem as well. So Thomas, let's pretend that we're building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine. It's the 101 course or the ABCs of Thomas in healthcare. I'd like to write out the syllabus with you to that course by getting some brief answers to the following questions. It's sort of a lightning round. Are you mm -hmm. ready for it? Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I think it's, a, it's healthy living like I talked about before, and it's about involving the patient. If you have a patient that understands the treatment they're getting or, or the healthcare context, I think they, it's much more easy to get them to follow the, the procedure and also come with suggestions for, for how to, to best manage the treatment. Outstanding. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid in achieving that? From a company perspective or a hospital perspective, it's a, if you stop evolving and lose momentum, you need to see that you, you will never achieve the final goal here. So it's about making sure that you design momentum into your organization. You need to take care that politics don't come in, in the way of, of achieving these, these goals. And you need to patiently or, or at least make sure that you put the patient at the center, not just 
on your mission statement, but also in daily clinical practices. In practice, don't stop evolving. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I think actually, if you try to disrupt yourself, put that as a as a goal, it's so easy to keep the direction you have in your, your organization using the momentum you have in that direction. So actually forcing yourself to disrupt yourself, just playing out that scenario, I think that, that is one, one approach. Keep experiments is another approach. I think it's really important to watch out for vanity metrics. I think large organizations in this space can easily come up with metrics that makes them look good, but in reality, they are not really the relevant metrics. And also handle a, a little bit of organizational mess that the, sometime a messy organization can be more efficient than one that is completely streamlined, especially because if you want to be really innovative, then the people that are attracted by innovation are not attracted by cleanness. They like to have have this, this freedom and being able to handle that in an organized way in a large organization, I think is also important. Disrupt yourself. And so what, what is the one area of focus that drives or should drive everything else in your company? It's to make an impact within healthcare. So currently, that's the only goal. Even allow projects that have a small impact that might not be scalable. We think that this solution or this approach can actually make an impact on healthcare. So that's what drives everything thing we do at the moment. There's the syllabus, Outcomes Rocket listeners. Healthy living, involving the patient. Don't stop evolving. Keep the patient at the center. Disrupt yourself by things like experiments and always be making an impact. So when we go through this list and put a book on the syllabus, Thomas, what book should we add to finish this course? I think there's a number of, of really good books I've read recently within within healthcare, yeah, I'll, or in general that are applicable to healthcare. I think one of my favorite is is a classic, it's Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. It really highlights uh, how we think and how we sometimes fool ourselves. I like uh, the book called uh, The Gene and Intimate History by Siddhartha Mukherjee. I think it's something like that. You can Google it by Googling the gene in intimate history. It's, it's called the gene? The gene, yeah. And it's a really good history of the gene, including uh, genetic analysis and gene uh, editing techniques that are, are getting momentum. If I can come with a final one, it's one yes, called sir. the Homo Deus by an Israel guy called Yuval Noah Harari. Okay. And they, um, it talks about some of the challenges uh, we will encounter in the in the next century when it comes to healthcare technology and biotechnology and what will, what kind of challenges it, it poses on, on us as a society. So that's three suggestions for for good books to read during the summer. Fantastic. And so what we'll do, as always, we'll, we'll list these resources that Thomas has shared with us on the show notes so that you have access to the books and also the syllabus of the course that he just created for you. And so before we conclude, I just want to open up the mic to you again, Thomas, and have you share one more thing that could be a parting piece of guidance for our listeners and the best way they could get in touch with you. The two platforms I'm most active on is LinkedIn. If you want to connect, then please write a short message so I know that you've heard the show and, the, and why you want to connect. Or you can follow me on Twitter, on Thomas R. DK. These are the best ways, ways to reach me. Fantastic. And then a parting piece of guidance. I think just 
just keep keep innovating and and making sure that that you put the patient in the center. That's so important. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's often that we don't. And it's a fantastic reminder, Thomas. I just really want to say thank you so much for the opportunity to spend some time on the show with us. I know that this conversation will create a positive ripple effect in the way that healthcare leaders and influencers address their biggest problems in the pursuit of healthcare outcomes. Just want to say a big thanks to you, Thomas. Thank you very much for having me. Get excited for Health 2.0's 11th annual fall conference and save $100 with this promo code, FALL17ROCKET. That's F-A-L-L 17-R-O-C-K-E-T. At this one-of-a-kind conference, you'll discover the latest innovation and hear the hottest topics and trends in health tech. Join 2,000 decision makers, including healthcare providers, developers, investors, and startups, as they gather to see over 200 live product demos, 100 plus thought leaders, and 10 new company launches. Visit outcomesrocket.com/health20. That's outcomesrocket.com/health20. And use promo code FALL17ROCKET to get $100 off of this outstanding and exciting event. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 